Welcome back, Heming Brainiacs, talking about John Keats. Read a few poems by him, pretty good. They seem to be sort of, uh, I don't know, cryptic, maybe, or layered, I could say. Like there's a bit of depth to them. Ode to Sorrow, says Swim, occurs in Book 4 of Edimian, sung by an Indian maid who falls in love with Edimian. There's a bond of sympathy between the two. Even so, Damien continues the quest of Cynthia, blah, blah, blah. Ode to Nightingale is about the poet's experience of listening to the beautiful song of Nightingale. He's become intoxicated by the Nightingale's heartbreakingly beautiful song. Um, cool. Uh, Keats describes the reaction to Gracian Urn, uh, painted with images of maidens, pipers and other Greeks. And Ode to Psyche is a tribute to the Greek goddess of Psyche, Psyche, with whom Cupid fell in love. Cool. All right. Keeping it short and sweet tonight. Keeping reading. To Autumn is the next poem. Season of mists and mellow fruitfulness. Close bosom friend of the maturing sun, conspiring with him how to load and bless with fruit the vines that round the thatch eaves run to bend with apples the mossed cottage trees and fill all fruit with ripeness to the core, to swell the gourd and plump the hazel shells with a sweet kernel, to set budding more and still more, later flowers for the bees, until they think warm days have never ceased, for summer has overbrimmed their clammy cells, who hath not seen thee oft amid thy store. Sometimes whoever seeks abroad may find thee sitting careless on a granary floor, thy hair soft lifted by the winnowing wind, or on a half-reaped furrow, Sound asleep, drowsed with the fumes of poppies, while they hook, spares the next swath, and all its twined flowers, and sometimes like a gleaner thou dost keep steady thy laden head across a brook, or by a side oppressed with patient look, thou watchest the last oozings hours by hours. Where are the songs of spring, eh? Where are they? Think not of them, thou hast thy music too, while barred clouds bloom the soft dying day and touch the stubble plains with rosy hue. Then a wailful choir, the small gnats mourn among the river's sallows, borne aloft, or sinking as the light wind lives or dies, and full-grown lambs loud bleat from hilly born, hedge crickets sing, and now, with treble, Soft the red-breast whistles from a garden croft, and gathering swallows twitter in the skies. And that's the end of the first poem. Second poem, let's keep it moving, Ode to Melancholy. Oh, no, no, go not to the leith, neither twist wolf's bane, tight rooted for its poisonous wine, nor suffer thy pale forehead to be kissed by nightshade ruby grape, of Prosperine, Proserpine. Make not your rosary of yew berries, nor let the beetle nor the death moth be your mournful psyche, nor the downy owl, a partner in your sorrow's mysteries. For shade to shade will come to drowsily and drown the wakeful languish of the soul. But when the melancholy fit shall fall, sudden from heaven like a weeping cloud, that fosters the droop-headed flowers all, and hides the green hill in an April shroud, then glut thy sorrow on a morning rose, or on the rainbow of the salt sand wave, or on the wealth of globed peonies, or if thy mistress some rich anger shows, imprison her soft hand, and let her rave, and feed deep, deep upon her peerless eyes, 
She dwells with beauty, beauty that must die, and joy, whose hand is never at his lips, bidden adieu, an aching pleasure nigh, turning to poison, while the bee-mouth sips, a in the very temple of delight, veiled melancholy, has her sovereign shrine, though seen of none save him whose strenuous tongue can burst joy's grape against his palate fine, his soul shall taste the sadness of her might, and be among her cloudy trophies hung. Fragment of an Ode to Maya, written on May Day, 1818. Mother of Hermes, and still youthful Maya, may I sing to thee, as thou wast hymned on the shores of Bayi. Or may I woo thee in earlier Sicilian, or thy smiles seek as they once were sought in Grecian isles. By bards who died content on pleasure sword, leaving great verse unto a little clan, O oh, give me their old vigour and unheard, save of the quiet primrose and the span of heaven and few ears, rounded by thee my song should die away, content as theirs, rich in the simple worship of the day. Bards of Passion and of Mirth, written on the blank page before Beaumont and Fletcher's tragic comedy The Fair Maid of the Inn. Bards of Passion and Mirth, and have ye left your souls on earth? Have ye left souls in heaven too, double-lived in regions new? Yes, and those of heaven commune with the spheres of sun and moon, with the noise of the fountains wondrous, and the power of voices thunderous. With the whisper of heaven's trees, and one another in soft ease, seated on Elysian lawns, browsed by none but Dian's, Dian's fawns, and underneath large bluebells tented where the daisies are rose-scented, and the rose herself has got perfume which on earth is not, where the nightingale doth sing, not a senseless trace, tranced thing, but divine melodious truth, philosophic numbers smooth, tales and golden histories of heaven and its mysteries. Thus you live on high, and then on the earth you live again, and the souls you left behind you teach us here the way to find you, where your other souls are joying, never slumbered, never cloying, here your earth-born souls will speak to mortals of their little weak, of their sorrows and delights, and their passions and their spites, and the glories and their shame, what doth strengthen and what maim, thus ye teach us every day wisdom, though fled far away, bards of passion and of mirth, ye have left your souls on earth, ye have souls in heaven too, double-lived in regions new. This one's called Fancy. Ever let the fancy roam, pleasure never is at home, at a touch sweet pleasure melteth like to bubbles when rain pelteth. Then let winged fancy wander through the thought still spread beyond her, open wide the mind's cage door, she'll dart forth and cloud would soar. O oh, sweet fancy, let her loose summer's joys are spoiled by use, and the enjoying of the spring fades as does its blossoming, autumn's red-lipped fruitage too, blushing through the mist and dew. Cloys with tasting, what do then? Sit thee by the ingle when the sear faggot blazes bright, spirit of a winter's night, when the soundless earth is muffled and the caked snow is shuffled from the ploughboy's heavy shoon, when the night doth meet the noon in the dark conspiracy to banish even from her sky, sit there thee and send abroad, with her mind self-overawed, fancy high commissioned it, send her. She has vassals to attend her. She will bring, in spite of frost, beauties that the earth has lost, and with will bring thee all together, all delights of summer weather, all the buds and bells of May, from dewy sward and thorny spray, 
all the heaped orphan's wealth with the still mysterious stealth she will mix thee pleasures up like three fit wines in a cup. And thou shalt quaff it, thou shalt hear distant harvest carols clear rustle under the reaped corn, sweet birds anthening the morn, and in the same moment hark, tis the early April lark, all the rooks, with busy core foraging for sticks and straw, thou shalt at one glance behold the daisy and the marigold, white plumed lilies and first hedge grown primrose and hath burst, shaded hastinth all way, sapphire queen of the mid May, and every leaf and every flower pearled in the self same shower, thou shalt see the field mouse peep, meagre from its salad sleep, and the snake all winter thin cast on sunny bank its skin. Freckled nest eggs thou shalt see, hatching in the hawthorn tree. When the hen bird's wing doth rest, quiet on her mossy nest, then the hurry and alarm. When the beehives cast its swarm, acorns ripe down, pattering while the autumn breezes sing. O oh, sweet fancy, let her loose, everything is spoiled by use. Where's the cheek that doth not fade? Too much gazed at, where's the maid? Whose lips mature is even ever new. Where the eye, however blue, doth not weary. Where's the face one would meet in every place? Where's the voice, however soft, one would hear so very oft? At a touch sweet pleasure melteth, like to bubbles when rain pelteth. Let then winged fancy find thee a mistress to thy mind. Dulcet-eyed, as Ceres' daughter, ere the god of torment taught her, how to frown and how to chide, with a waist and with a side, with a hebe's, when her zone split, slipped its golden clasp, and down fell her kirtle to her feet, while she held the goblet sweet, and Jove grew languid, break the mesh of the fancy's silken leash, quickly break her pro- prison string, and such joys as these shall bring, let the winged fancy roam pleasure, never is at home. Stanzas In a drear night of December, two happy, happy trees, thy branches never remember their green felicity. The north cannot undo them with a sleety whistle through them, nor frozen thornings glue them from a building at the prime. In a drear night of December, too happy, happy brook, thy bubblings never remember Apollo's summer look, but with a sweet forgetting they stay, their crystal fretting, never, never petting about the frozen time. Ah, would it were so with many. A gentle girl and boy, but where were there ever any, writhed not at passed joy, to know the change and feel it when there is none to heal it, or nor numbered sense to steal it, was never said in Rome. La Bella Dame Sands Mercy Oh, what can ail the ignited arms, alone and palely loitering? The sedge is withered from the lake, no birds sing. Oh, what can ail the ignited arms, so haggard and so woe-begone? The squirrel's granary is full, and the harvest's done. I see a lily on thy brow, with anguish moist and fever dew, and on the cheeks a fading rose, fast withered too. I met a lady in the meads, full beautiful, a fairy's child. Her hair was long, her foot was light, and her eyes were wild. Uh, I made a garland for her head and bracelets too, and fragrant zone. She looked at me, and she did love, and made sweet moan. I set her on my pacing steed, and nothing else saw all day long. For sideways would she lean and sing a fairy song. 
she found me roots of relish sweet and honey wild and manna dew, and sure in language strange, she said, I love thee true. She took me to her elfin grot, and there she wept and sighed full sore, and there I shut her wild, wild eyes with kisses for, and there she lulled me asleep, and there I dreamed, ah, woe betide, the latest dream I ever dreamed on the cold hillside, I saw pale kings and princes too, pale warriors, death pale, and were they to all who cried, La Belle Dame Sans Mercy hath thee in thrall. I saw their starved lips in the gloam, with horrid warning gaped wide, and I awoke and found her here on the cold hill's side, and this is why I sojourn here, alone and palely loitering, though the sedge is withered from the lake and no birds sing. On first looking into Chapman's Homer, much of our travelled in the realms of gold and much goodly states and kingdoms seen, may round, round many western islands have I told, been, which bards in felty to a hollow hold, oft of one wide expanse had I been told that deep-browed Homer ruled as his demence. Yet did I never breathe its pure serene till I heard Chapman speak out loud and bold, then felt I, like some watcher of the skies, when a new planet swims into his ken, or like stout Cortez, when his, with eagle eyes he started at the Pacific, and all his men looked at each other, with a wild surmise silent upon a peak in Darien. When I have fears that I may cease to be, when I have fears that I may cease to be, before my pen has gleaned my teeming brain, before high-piled books and chants a tree, Hold like full garners the full ripened grain, when I behold upon the night's starred face huge cloudy symbols of a high romance, and feel that I may never live to trace their shadows with the magic hand of chance, and when I feel, fair creature of an hour, that I shall never look upon thee more, never have relish in the fairy power of unreflecting love, then on the shore of the wide world I stand alone and think till love and fame to nothingness to sink. To sleep. O soft embalmer of the still midnight, shutting with careful fingers and benign our gloom pleased eyes, embowered from the light, and shaded in forgetfulness divine. O soothest sleep, if so it please thee, close in midst of this thine hymn, my willing eyes, or wait the amen ere thy puppy throws around my bed its lulling charities, then save me, or the passed day will shine upon my pillow, breeding many woes, save me from fur curious conscience, that still lords its strength for darkness burrowing like a mole, turn the key deftly in the oiled wards, and seal the hushed casket of my soul. Last sonnet, last poem. Bright star, would I were steadfast as thou art, not in lone splendour hung aloft the night, and watching with eternal lids apart. Like nature's patient, sleepless eremite, the moving waters at their priest-like task of pure ablution round earth's human shores, or gazing on the new soft-fallen mask of snow upon the mountains and the moors, no yet still steadfast, still unchangeable, pillowed upon my fair love's ripening breast, to feel forever its soft fall and swell, Awake for ever in a sweet unrest, still, still to hear her tender taken breath, and so live ever, or else swoon to death. And that's it. That is all of, uh, what's his face? What's this guy's name again? Um, 
John Keats. That's all of John Keats done. Awesome. Well done, everybody. Thanks for listening. Catch you tomorrow.